You are listening to Playfully Persistent Podcast, brought to you by the Des Moines Children's Museum. I'm Ashlyn. Ashlyn is a board member and most likely to have the craziest idea at the table. I'm Jules. Jules is also a board member, founder, and most likely to say yes to the crazy ideas and jumps all in. This show is all about children's museums, the good, the bad, and all the mess. Welcome to the rewarding chaos of Children's Museum. We have two special guests today, Matt and Brad. Matt is Ashlyn's husband. Say hi, Matt. Am I supposed to say hi? No, yeah, you say hi. I said hi, okay. Yeah. Hi, Matt. <laughs> no, Ashlyn, you should say hi to your husband. Hi, Matt. <laughs> well, I've seen you all day. I know, okay. that is true. And we also have Brad, he is my husband. So hi, Brad, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Julie. <laughs> and we are actually going to allow them to do a little podcast takeover. They are going to ask each other questions about the museum and different things about what Ashlyn and I have had them do or volunteer, Volunteer, or volun- yeah. no, voluntold, voluntold. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, this will be edited, correct? Yes, everything will be edited by our lovely oh. Laura. <laughs> we will not be editing it, so we won't hear all of your answers and your questions until it actually gets published. Well, so, that's good to know. <laughs> so, It'll be a surprise for us too. Yes, it might actually make me listen to a whole episode and not cringe too much about the places we stumble that Laura helps fix up. Um, So without any further ado, Matt and Brad, we will let you take it away as Ashlyn and I walk out the door. Well, thank you very much for the introduction. Um, So uh, Ashlyn and Julie have prepared a bunch of questions for us, so I guess I'll kick it off. So Matt, uh, tell me about the craziest thing that you've heard Ashlyn say that they're going to do in regards to the museum. Well, my wife's been doing a, a daycare in our home for the last 12 years. Actually, yesterday was her last day as an official daycare provider. So... Anything that she does outside the home in this museum space is not crazy to me because she's done probably worse in our own home. There was one year for Easter, she uh, covered our entire living room in that green cellophane uh, grass you fill the Easter baskets with, and it took weeks to get out of our carpet. So I I don't find uh, anything too crazy if it happens here. How about you? Yeah, that is kind of crazy, and I'm glad that uh, we don't have as much at our house, so I I guess I should be grateful that that most of Julie's craziness happens here, Uh, but what comes to mind is was early on when they were still traveling, and at that point, you know, the museum, I don't know if I really thought it was going to exist. I think we may have bought in the trailer at that point, but Julie and Laura were kind of traveling around, and um, I guess a little bit of context to, to back back up. We lived about three blocks away from a, from a lake, and we had talked about getting our older daughters a kayak for their birthdays or Christmas or something. And I came home from work one day, and she said, "I want you to build a boat." And I said, "I don't think I can build a boat." And I started like googling and YouTube and stuff, and I thought she meant like a boat that would actually 
float in water, um, but she wanted a boat that would be kind of a prop for the museum. So we got kind of in a weird argument about it because oh, I didn't think um, that uh, building a boat that would actually float in water was something I could do. And she seemed very confident that it was a reasonable request. So we did kind of figure out that it was a, a fake boat, and that was the uh, the birth of uh, Bodie McBoat Boat. I found some plans online, and shock, shocking to me, two or three paint coats later, that thing still exists. It's and still the center of the museum, yeah. Right, so very, very popular uh, people. Uh, every once in a while, it comes up, and people are just shocked. I mean, I feel a little offended that, that I could have built that. So Yeah. Well, this last year, uh, they had a another boat built but it uh, breaks down so the Bodie McBoat boat stays in the museum and Laura built that's the pirate a, ship yeah collapsible yeah pirate ship I think it's somewhere back here I think it is yeah we're back in the in the lab right now we're, we're yeah. getting built so well it kind of leads to our next question so what, what are some of the exhibits that uh, that you've uh, helped build over the years well nothing is uh as big as the the boat uh, I, I've built a couple sensory tables that you can drop in, like uh, bins, so they they can have sand tables or little water tables or foam or whatever they do. Uh, I feel like you're always the, the one running the the special events, the, or it's the touch yeah, of truck or I, Easter. I I always I, I try to be involved with some of the the events that touch trucks coming up again. And that that's uh, that's usually a pretty big event or has been. Um, one thing I, I did, I procured a, a cotton candy machine. I'm not going to say how, but for free for the museum. So I fixed that up, and uh, every once in a while they pull it out and have some fun flavors of cotton candy. So yeah, I do remember like, that. I've you've served at some of the parties as well. So yeah. I had a, I'm not a huge cotton candy person, but I've it's had some of it. It's very pure good. Pure sugar. I mean. So. so how about you? Other than the boat. Yeah, so obviously the boat, uh, especially early on, you know, worked on a lot of uh, exhibits. Uh, there was a, a little, it was like a piano, kind of like you hit it with flip-flops. It was different PVC tubes and you know, oh, measured yeah. them. So that that uh, didn't didn't survive. I don't know if it was too noisy. It was probably in the back here somewhere. Um, but uh, but that's something that maybe we could, could revisit in the future to make that a little bit more more high quality. Um, other exhibits that, that no longer exist. I had a great, actually, this was an idea that my daughter had was to get photoluminescent paper and we got little fiber optic wires where you could kind of draw on the wall and it worked for a while, but just, I don't know if it wasn't dark enough or the fiber optics weren't bright enough, but, uh, that, that didn't last for maybe it lasted a year or so. And then um, uh, built. I, think I remember it. that, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was in the back room where they, they have. So it was kind of the same time they had the little three colored light. Okay. So um, so that was I kind of built all that. I built it. Well, I didn't built the room. The room was there, yeah. but but installed that light. That I think they bought somewhere. And then um, then the switchboard with all the little switches for the lights. Yeah, uh, that's in the fun. Back. So that was a, an idea that that Julie thought was crazy, and I, I think I heard on one of these podcasts that she thinks it's too big, which I disagree. Every time I come oh, to the museum, <laughs> I see it's little kids tall. playing with it. I mean, is it a full eight foot? Uh, hey, what's, sheet? what side are you on here? That's that's huge. I I, I see kids play with it all the time. Uh, I just always it's, feel like you know kids want to play with switches and see lights go on. So maybe it was a little little taller than it than it should be, but yeah, it sounds like they're they're gonna. Uh, kind of hack apart my, my handiwork oh, there no. so i don't know but uh but yeah that's about that's about it um you know kind of helped pull up carpet and do other things over the years as well but uh 
I would say that the boat is probably the most infamous. So what about uh, new exhibits? Now, keep in mind, you, you and I could very well oh. be the ones installing it or building it. Yeah, but, we'll get roped in somehow. But what, uh, what do you think, what do you wish the, the museum had? So I know it, early on there was a talk of, especially when they moved into this larger space, talk of like doing a Des Moines, like a 3D Des Moines downtown skyline so kids could interact and play on the buildings and stuff like that. I don't know if that, that's still in the works, but I think that would be cool and tie into uh, into the local, you know, Des Moines setting. Yeah, I don't know if that's still on the table either, but because I, I know at one point they talked about the sculpture park, and I think they even oh, got yeah, yeah. permission from the art center because the art center, I don't know if they own it, but they manage the, yeah. the sculpture park. But they got permission to create replicas of some of the statues there that kids could climb on. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a cool idea. I don't know if that's still that alive or cool. not. We'll have to we'll have to ask. Um, for me. I think they need a water table. You know, they've kind of done a great job building different uh, things, but uh, as you go to, to to the more established museums to see the you know the, the big water table where, where kids like to play with, and that's something they could, you know, buy. There's companies that, that do that, and and I think they've done an awesome job building things. But they've kind of earned the the right to, to maybe buy an exhibit, and then that makes it even yeah. better. I don't have to build it, so <laughs> in no way. So well, maybe we just install it right <laughs> or right. even just hold the door i can hold the it, door as it comes in all right we're down to our last question what is your favorite museum story or a crazy museum story that you want to share well i think the craziest thing is when when there are events here at all the kids uh th that come it just seems like it's so overwhelming for me but these ladies uh, and and volunteers and everything they just do it in stride. This past uh, Easter, they did an event with an Easter egg hunt and had uh, like three thousand people or something. That was in, crazy. I don't know. Is that many? But maybe. But yeah, I remember your kids were like hours. shoveling buckets of oh, eggs. <laughs> they were trying to keep up with kids uh, finding eggs, and, and uh, just it seemed like it was it was endless amount of kids coming through that that Easter egg area. But they they handled it. Uh, it it's uh, it's nice to see when things aren't as planned, they can pivot with with such uh, such grace and and just go with it. Like, Definitely, yeah, kind of like uh, Touch a Truck last year too. Yeah, I've got a feeling Touch a Truck will be even crazier this year. Uh, the yeah. weather is halfway decent. There'll be a, a lot of people here, and it sounds like there's uh, more trucks coming than ever before yeah. are, you, are you gonna bring a truck like you did last year uh I, i'm working on it right. yeah <laughs> cool i'm working on it we uh we got a, someone new that uh had no idea what what that meant so i gotta re-explain it to them and yeah gotcha hopefully we'll, okay hopefully we'll get cool we'll see but, and hopefully it's nice weather too all day drizzle was not great but right it worked out so I've got two stories. So so one is, and I don't even know if it's real, but it's a story that Julie always tells. So when we moved to Des Moines, I was uh, uh, transferred at work and, and really didn't know much about Des Moines. So my wife was pregnant. And the, the three years prior to that, I had a job where I got to travel around. And she was a teacher. So in the summer, we would pack up the minivan and the hotel was a hotel room. I would go to work and she would explore different cities throughout mostly the Midwest and uh, primarily children's museums. I think that's one of the areas that she really 
kind of developed a love for children's museums was was through that uh, that travel with our kids. And when I had it was a three day weekend, we came out to finally decide like that. Yes, we we're going to take this job, find a house, and um, yeah, I had kind of had a whirlwind her. weekend. That's that if I remember you telling me. Absolutely, yeah. So we. Uh, we we had a bunch of uh, houses to visit and went out to dinner and tried to sell her on Des Moines. Well, as we were driving to Des Moines, uh, it came up that there was not a children's museum and that didn't go over well. And apparently, I don't know for sure if this is true, I made a, often a comment about, well, maybe you should just start one. That would be a nice project for you, which I don't think I would say it in that way, but, but Julie is convinced that I did apparently that uh, annoyed her, uh, but also lit uh, lit a fire under her as well. And obviously, she did start a children's museum. So nice little project. So that was <laughs> a, a good a good story. And then, as far as a, a crazy story, this was just last year. We got a call. I think it was Christmas Eve. Maybe it was New Year's Eve, but I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Eve. We got a call that a pipe had broken uh, in the museum, and so we came over. And there was a whole crew of mall people, but uh, it was all the back hallway. And then actually the room that we're sitting in, the the, the workroom, had flooded. So nothing uh, important got wet. We had to pick up stuff, move stuff, put fans down, squeegee, floor scrubbers, and uh, kind of saved some, some exhibits from, from getting wet. So that was... Uh, Crazy, crazy time uh, when you get a, a phone call. It was pretty late at night, too, so like maybe 10 o'clock at night or something crazy like that. So that, that what I'd say was my, my craziest museum story. Yeah, I was not involved in that, luckily. Are you guys done yet? Oh, yeah, we're done. We're just catching up. Excellent. So we have three rapid-fire questions. You didn't but tell us anything about rapid fire questions. Uh, don't even. You know that you listen to the podcast, so you know all about them. But before we do it, we also always make people do takeaways. Did you guys record your major takeaways? What do you mean, our major takeaways? So after you've done your discussion, what are some takeaways? So if someone is like driving their car, doing their dishes, and you know they zoned out a little bit or they missed something you said because they had a kid interrupt them and said, I need some fruit snacks. So what are the major takeaways from your whole conversation with Matt? I would say that running a children's museum is a very fun family event that we get pulled <laughs> into all sorts of activities and projects and um, very happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Good answer. I hope that matches up with anything else you said earlier. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, that the, the ladies that have uh, been involved with this, especially from the beginning, have done a great job of uh, pivoting when it needs to. You need to pivot and and going with the flow as uh, as things arise. So. Ooh, also a good answer. Yes. I love those. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what they actually say when we're right? not in the room. <laughs> All right, Ashlyn, take us away on the rapid fire All questions. Right. Our first one. What's the last playful thing you did, Brad? Well, I would say the last playful thing I brought Julie along with was we went to see <laughs> Leonard Skinner at Ragbri when it was about 100 degrees out. And I made it very clear that the, I wanted to do that and we were going to do it. But then when it was so hot, she's like, 
wait, we're really going to do this? <laughs> we're like, absolutely, we're really going to do it. So we drove or rode. It was like, I don't know, five or six miles. And we saw the concert, but we didn't plan, or I didn't plan that it was going to get dark. So we had to leave early so we didn't hear all <laughs> the big hits. And it was still pitch black driving home. And we got yelled at by some people for riding in the dark. Now, did you explain at some point in this podcast what Ragbri is? I did not. No. Okay, so Ragbri is definitely a uniquely Iowa thing. Do you know what Ragbri stands for? No clue, because we are definitely not originally from Iowa, but uh, Ashlyn and Matt are, so maybe they can come up with what Ragbri so is. You know what yeah, it is. So the Des Moines Register is the main newspaper, so registers annual great bike ride across Iowa. It's a... It's a initialism acronym yes what acronym. Do they call it? i did not know what it is but ultimately but yeah. what you just described totally makes sense yeah it is where people go from one part of the state all the way across mm-hmm. they start at the missouri, missouri river. river traditionally they'll dip their rear tire in the missouri river and then ride across the state to yep. the mississippi river and dip Sunday their front tire in saturday yep and some people do the whole thing. Some people just do uh, a day or two. And then some people just go downtown for the events that happen <laughs> in their town. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And it, it brings huge crowds, yeah. too. So, and this, from what I understood, because I kind of wanted to ditch out on the super hot <laughs> day, you know, that was like 100 degrees or something. But I did have this older gentleman tell me the day before at a networking event, no, it only comes here very, very little. Yeah, like it's through been Des Moines. Like 20 yeah. years or something since the last time. And yeah. I was like, okay, if I add my age plus 20, there's no way I'm going to want to ride my bike anywhere at that point, probably. So we did get on our bikes. And I think Brad is making it sound way nicer that a few people yelled at us about not having bike lights <laughs> on the trail. There were a few people who yelled at us, but it was also just ridiculously dangerous. Like, we could not see where we were going. Didn't you get lost on your way home? It was a trail, so we didn't get lost. Okay. But, like, I'm very happy we didn't, like, drive into a ditch on our bikes because it was really, really bad. That was only, like, the last, like mile was really bad okay <laughs> no. so there's some pretty tall old trees there so it gets much darker in uh, along some of that trail than yeah uh, than yeah along the streets it was bad i i would like to veto your playful thing because i'm letting you know that is not a playful thing <laughs> but that's okay thank you so much for being on the show brad <laughs> Now, I'll ask your husband, yes. Ashlyn, and hopefully he gives us a real playful thing. What is the last I, playful thing you did? I thought it was playful. So, uh, backstory here, Ashlyn's uh, last day running her daycare out of her home was yesterday. And... Uh, Ooh, we should definitely have a little, like, yay! yay. Oh, yeah. Add that in, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in just moving things around and getting rid of of things that we have in our house from the daycare that we'll no longer need because our kids are way too old to play with them Mm -hmm. is this little what four foot by four foot wooden playhouse that someone gave us that is rotting from the inside out (laughs) yeah and with a whole bunch of kids watching i 
decided that uh, it'd be a good time to take a sledgehammer to it. And the kids were cheering him. Yeah. They were like, go, I, go, go. Like, they were so excited to watch him destroy this house. I was like, I thought they would be sad and be yeah. like, no, our playhouse. Oh, no. They were like, do it harder. Make it fall. Yeah. I did have to restrain myself and think, you know, if, if, if chips of wood go flying everywhere, it could hit a kid. So it was yeah. only a, a few swings in front of the kids. But then I finished it off today. I would so. go with that's playful. I, I think that was a risky move because I would agree. I would think your daycare kids would who, start crying. Yeah, right? they, were, they have so many memories. They were I'm back sure. far enough and it was, yeah. It, no, they, but yeah. like just the sentimental value, but obviously it wasn't that sentimental no. to yeah. them. Yeah, but you know, they probably had lots of memories and they're probably more thinking like, yeah, demo, <laughs> right? You know, instead of what I would normally think. It was really funny to hear all of the kids cheering for him to just destroy this playhouse. All right, our next question. Matt, you're going to get to answer this uh -oh. first. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do I want to be when yes, I grow what up? What do you want to be when you grow up? I, I want to be a professional uh, outdoorsman. <laughs> I love it. Kayaking and hiking, maybe. So you want to be retired, basically. Retired. There that, you go. The goal? I mean. <laughs> I like it. A professional outdoorsman. We'll, we'll get you a name tag. Next time you're voluntold, we'll have your name, and you can and then have that as your job title. There you go. Okay. You can give kayaking lessons in oh, the no. boat oh. <laughs> to kids. <laughs> You know, I the, the boat doesn't have an oar or paddle, does it? No, because no. that could definitely that be used as a weapon, <laughs> right? It could be you used as it. a weapon. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mime a... a yeah, battle. how they're okay. going to do it. Yeah. So, Brad, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the guy that drives the Zamboni and then puts the basketball oh. court on top of <gasps> the ice. Oh. At Wells Fargo? Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of Koreans that do that, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm always fascinated how they can do that. I know. I've been talking to people at Iowa Wild, and we've Aww. definitely talked to Iowa Wolves. Those are our two local teams um, that are in that same spot, space. Um, so maybe we can just have it where you get to shadow a person for a day. <laughs> that would be really cool. And then you can report back to us. All right, and then our last rapid-fire question, which I know we are just horrible at rapid-fire. Like, it just doesn't even while. happen. What was something you loved to play with when you were a child, Brad? Oh, man. Um, I feel like I liked to take things apart when I was a child, so I don't know if that counts as playing with things. But um, I remember taking apart alarm clocks. I remember uh, taking apart all sorts of things. So I think that was, like, the most fun game was to just take something apart and see what was inside. Were you able to put them back together? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a lot like our home life where you like start projects <laughs> or you tell me that that's just how doors function. They just don't open and close, right? And I'm kind of like, no, like the door should open and lock and all of those things. And you're just like, no, that's just how doors are. Just how this door is. Yeah. So that door is. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the winter it shrinks and in the summer it swells. No, it's just always no, horrible. No, it's always like, always okay. horrible. 
The, well, you know what? So we have the a screen other... door without a no, screen. No. <laughs> so <laughs> when the door is open, the, like the, the front door, then it closes just fine. The door is closed. There's nowhere for the air to go. So we either oh, have to okay. yeah. add a screen, or it's gonna slam when the door is open. Or no, it's we gonna... need to pause. He's <laughs> acting like there's only one door issue. All three of our doors, <laughs> and actually, we have a fourth door we can't even open. All three of our doors do not function the way that they should. And you know something, Brad? Just the other day, Laura was over, and our faucet was wiggling, and it had just started. And I said something to him. I was like, hey, I think we need to try to get this fixed. And he's like, no, I looked at it. It's not, it's not something we can fix. I didn't say that. I did try to fix it and couldn't figure it out with our daughter. But to be fair, Laura did fix it. Yes. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew that. As I was cooking dinner, Laura's like, do you want your faucet like this? And I was like, no. Do you think you can fix it? Brad told me that's just how it is now. That's not what I said. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got one more question uh, for Matt. <laughs> what was something you loved to play with when you were a child? Uh, I, I passed on my love for Lego to my our kids, I think. That is so true. Yeah. But honestly, when I was a kid, uh, especially in the summer, it was get up, go outside, wait to be called home from down the street, because my mom would stand out on the front step and just call for me and then come home. And, and actually, after a while, once I was old enough, we'd probably be, uh, follow a ravine that was a block and a half away in the woods and then follow that to the Des Moines River and wouldn't be seen until it got dark again. <laughs> that was... Mostly, what, yeah, not, not a And toy, we but. go back to his question about what do you want to be uh, when you grow up? Right, right. An <laughs> adventure, outdoors person. Not, not really adventure, just... Maybe, yeah. like, just a Sasquatch that, oh, you, you know, go. like, is outside yeah. all the time, never seen. Does this person exist? <laughs> well, I know, thank you, from the bottom of our hearts, for doing this podcast. And hopefully sure you, you said, haven't listened to it yet. No, no, no. <laughs> but more importantly, actually, like how supportive you've always been. And yes, I feel like there's been a lot of times where you, especially you, Brad, you always make suggestions about something that you think should happen in the museum. And I'm just like, no, no, that just, that just can't <laughs> happen right now. You just, shh, no, like I don't have time for that. I need to do this or something. And like yet, when I'll say something like, hey, what about this electrical wire? What do you think about this? You usually will still humor me and talk to me about it, even though you want certain things in the museum that it hasn't happened yet. Same for our household. Same. Yeah. And like he never, like even when I was like, so I think um, I'm, I want to work at the museum. He never was like, what? Why? It was just like, Okay. <laughs> so thank you very much. And hopefully all of you wonderful listeners enjoyed hearing from the guys in our life that put up with us all the time. They do a pretty good job of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Remember, we always love hearing from listeners. We want your feedback. We want to be your children's museum and playfully persistent podcast. 
Right now, you can email us at podcast at dsmchildrensmuseum.com. You can also follow us on all the usual places. Facebook is Des Moines Children's Museum. Twitter and Instagram is dsm underscore children's. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. We'll have new episodes every Tuesday. Make sure to take time to play.